Quarterbacks, hosted by W. Earl Kitchings. Our podcast is dedicated to preserving the legacies of black quarterbacks who've played the game of American football. And now, here's your host, W. Earl Kitchings. And welcome to another episode of the Forgotten Quarterbacks. I'm your host, W. Earl Kitchings. And as usual, what we're here to do at the Forgotten Quarterbacks is to bring you information, stories, statistics, whatever we can find to bring you about black quarterbacks who have played this game called American football. And from this point throughout the entire collegiate football season, we're going to be dedicating our weekly shows to those quarterbacks and those HBCU schools that have produced many outstanding quarterbacks, some who've gone on to the pro levels, some who've just had outstanding collegiate careers. But we're going to week by week, school by school, uh, throughout the football season, feature uh, a school per week, unless we get something that's more entertaining, uh, that we want to put in place, but that's what our goal is to do here at the Forgotten Quarterbacks. Uh, and what we ask you to do is please go to our website at quarterfiback.com, quarter, P-H-I, back.com. That's our website. Check us out. Go to our blog icon and you can read our newsletter, the post route where you can read the information and see pictures of, of these quarterbacks that we are featuring in our newsletter and that we'll be featuring on our podcast. And also, if you would like to get a copy of my book, The Forgotten QBs, it talks about black quarterbacks and other informational things about some other black players and statistics stories, articles, uh, pro quarterbacks, the list of all the black quarterbacks who have played in the NFL and CFL. All of that is in this book. And you can get a copy of the book by going to the website. You can order it. Uh, You can pay for it by Cash App or Zelle. But go to the website and order your copy of The Forgotten QBs, only $35. Make it a Christmas gift for somebody. I'm starting out real early talking about Christmas, but make it a Christmas gift. It's a book. It's a must-have book. I, I, I'm not trying to brag anything. I'm just giving you the facts. If you ever wanted to know anything about black quarterbacks between 1903 and 1990, and it's about giving you information, as much information as we have been able to research and find on quarterbacks from colleges both white and black, to just let you know what these these guys have done and how when integration happened, these black men were able to be pioneers and stand on the shoulders of other quarterbacks, black quarterbacks from, from a time that black quarterbacks were not 
given an opportunity because they were thought not to be able to think or not be able to be decisive in making decisions on the field and things of that nature. Well, all those myths are out the window. And the reason why we do this show, the reason why we have this organization, the reason why we did the book is to make sure that that part of American history never, ever, ever is forgotten. So today here on the Forgotten Quarterbacks, we're going to be talking about the Jackson State quarterback legacy. They are preparing to play in two exciting games uh, in, in the upcoming weekends. Uh, their first game is against South Carolina State in the MEAC SWAC Challenge. Then they venture to Miami, Florida to take on Florida A&M in the Orange Blossom Classic. Two outstanding games, and those two games are going to be pivotal for Jackson State going into the 2023 season. So we're going to talk about their legacy of quarterbacks, starting with a guy who played for them back in the 50s, 56 and 57 to be exact. And his name was Ernie Hurt Williams. He led them to some outstanding seasons. Ernie Hurt Williams, followed by Cornelius Addison, who was the top Tiger quarterback from 58 to 61. And Addison played in one of the biggest upset games during his career when they upset upset Tennessee State in 1958 by the score of 18 to 13. And in that game, he threw for 211 yards and two touchdowns. Two of his strikes came of on passes of 59 and 60 yards. Following him was uh, probably one of the most outstanding quarterbacks to ever play at Jackson State, and that was Roy Curry. Curry was an All-American who directed probably Jackson State's biggest upset back in those uh, eras of the early 60s when they beat Florida A&M 22-6 in the 1962 Orange Blossom Classic, which also propelled them to the Black College National Championship. So those three men, Williams, Addison, and Curry, are probably at the forefront of the Jackson State quarterback legacy. Then in the late 60s, a guy by the name of Sylvester Collins was a formidable quarterback for Jackson State. He was uh, the SWAC Offensive Player of the Year in 71 and earned all SWAC honors. Ironically, I was the Sports Information Director when Sylvester Collins was the head coach at Bethune-Cookman University back in 92 and portion of 93, so I got to know him. Never had a chance to talk to him about his proudness on the football field, but all the same, uh, Knowing that he was an outstanding quarterback uh, makes me honored to have worked with him at the time he was coaching. Then we have Jeremiah Taylor, who played on teams that featured the great Walter Sweetness Payton. And he finished the 1975 season with 1,162 yards and 13 touchdowns. And 
when you got a guy like Walter Payton running the football, you're probably not going to throw the football a whole lot. So that might be why his numbers aren't as stellar as some other quarterbacks. The next quarterback behind Jeremiah Taylor was Keith Taylor. Not sure if they were related, but Keith Taylor was a four-year starter, and he played at Jackson State in the uh, 80s, late 70s, early 80s, uh, all-swag performer, swag offensive player of the year in 81. And he passed uh, Sean Gregory on the all-time swag passing list to move up to number nine. He earned all swag honors in his senior year. He passed for 2,762 yards in his senior year. And he set a single-game record, an NCAA single-game record, with most yards per completion, uh, with 33 yards per completion on just 14 tosses for 462 yards in a 52-14 to 14 win over Southern in 1990. This is uh, Keith Taylor. And during his time, he led them to three SWAC titles. Three SWAC titles. Now, the most prolific guy to wear the blue and white down there in Jackson will be a guy by the name of Robert Kent. The most prolific of all quarterbacks until recent. And because he only played two years, Shadur Sanders, uh, probably would have surpassed him, but that's neither here nor there now. Kent retains and maintains the all-time passing record at Jackson State, 11,797 yards, 104 touchdowns. All-SWAC performer, listed third on the all-time SWAC list for passing yards, played in 43 consecutive games in a four-year career. 43 consecutive games. So that is regular season, maybe a couple of playoff games. Uh, but 43 consecutive games, that's a lot of football to be a starter. So Robert Kent, 11,797 yards. Right behind him, though, is a guy by the name of Jimmy Oliver. He attained 4,456 yards, 34 touchdowns. And he was the guy who was the quarterback of note just before Shadur Sanders arrived in 2021. And when you look at the history of the Jackson State quarterbacks, over time, uh, they had a, a list of guys, and like I said, Ernie Williams and Cornelius Addison, Roy Curry are the shoulders a lot of these guys are standing on. But, you know, you had some other guys. Shannon Boyd, he had 5,356 yards. Sean Gregory had 6,655 yards with uh, 38 touchdowns. Uh, Gregory had 51 touchdowns. Boyd had 38 Graylon Pratt, 65-63 in yards, 43 touchdowns. Mark Washington out of Tarrant City, Texas, 6,624 yards and 
67 touchdowns, then Kent, then Oliver, and then Sanders. So they did have a few guys who were putting some numbers up, throwing for over 5,000 yards. And you have to give them credit because a lot of times schools are more prevalent for running the football. But when you get a passing attack and that passing attack is pass first, run second, you are in some serious trouble because those yardage numbers go up, those scoring opportunities go up. Uh, I can't wait to bring you the post-route newsletter about Mississippi Valley State and Alcorn State because they had two of the most prolific passes ever to play in the SWAC. But going back to Jackson State and going to this young man who came to Jackson State as a freshman, came under his father's guidance, uh, Deion Sanders, and went about the business of making a name for himself in the SWAC. And irregardless of the situations that caused his father to take a better job and for him to father his dad, that's not what we're focusing in on. What we're focusing in on is the fact that in his two-year career, 6,983 yards, 70 touchdowns. That's a career for you. That's what he did in two years. Had he stayed, he probably would have passed Robert Kent's record and been the all-time passing great at Jackson State. But during his time, he led the Tigers to two consecutive SWAC championships. He was named the 2022 SWAC Offensive Player of the Year, a first-team all-SWAC performer in 2022, a second-team all-SWAC performer in his freshman year, he was the first winner. He is the first winner of the BIP Memorial Trophy for top quarterbacks from HBCUs, and he did that last year. And he was also the Deacon Jones Award winner for the top collegiate football player from an HBCU in 2022. So not to confuse the BIP Memorial with the Deacon Jones, the top collegiate player is not the same as being the top quarterback. The BIP Memorial Trophy is that award. But in looking at the list of these outstanding Jackson State quarterbacks, it's just outstanding to know that these men found ways to get the ball, put the ball in the air and, and make some headway. And I think you have to keep in mind that you can throw the pass, but you got to have somebody to catch it. And you got to have somebody to score with it. And for all the times that a pass was dropped or a touchdown was called back or an errant throw or a mispass play that resulted in an interception, it's all relative because everything's not perfect. But when you throw for 5,000, 6,000, 7,000, 11,000 yards, you are putting up some numbers. And I don't care if you're paying Pop Warner high school, uh, or any level that you want to name, you still got to perform. And that's what these records show you, that these young men performed when their time came, their coaches entrusted them with these positions, and that's what they did. They performed. So we congratulate this group of 
fine quarterbacks from the family of the Jackson State Tigers down there in Jackson, Mississippi, also home of the Sonic Boom of the South. That's what their band is known as. So kudos to these young men for what they've done. And we just want to give credit to them because they have done their jobs very well. And I'm looking forward to opportunities in the future to be able to converse with them in live conversations to talk with them about what they did and how, they're, how they performed. So I brought Jackson State into the conversation today because they are opening up the college football season for black colleges by playing South Carolina State in the MEAC SWAC Challenge in Atlanta. And both those schools, both those teams are looking forward to Jackson State, of course, looking to repeat as SWAC champs. South Carolina State looking to get back in the mix of making a run for SWAC champ. And because this will be the last year for Coach Oliver Buddy Pugh at South Carolina State, I'm sure they're putting a little bit more hot sauce on this season because the coach is, is going out and we want to send Coach out as a winner. Even though he is a winner already, he has several uh, MEAC championships to his credit, a few black national college championships to his credit. But when you're in that last year, you want to go out a winner. And not a marginal winner, not a six and five, but at least an eight and three. But that MEAC is going to be rough because they've got to contend with that machine that's coming out of Durham, North Carolina, called the North Carolina Central Eagles. But when they go up against, you know, Jackson State at the SWAC MEAC Challenge, I guarantee you, you're going to see a great brand of ball. The game will be on ABC starting at 7 o'clock on September, I'm sorry, on August the 26th. 7 o'clock, I think, is the kickoff time. So the progression for black college football continues to rise. Uh, 10, 15 years ago, it would have been very difficult to see black college football game in prime time on Saturday. But things have changed, and the scope and the playing field, if you will, for black college football has changed dynamically. Those people in charge of the networks are becoming a little bit more equitable in their coverage. So we thank them. We thank ABC and ESPN and the family of ESPN and ABC Sports for putting this game on because it's going to be a whale of a ball game. And I, I know both schools are looking forward to it. And, you know, Atlanta will be buzzing, you know, with, with both schools coming in and taking over the city. So they're going to be buzzing. So it's going to be a fine ball game, and we're looking forward to it. But we wanted to bring you Jackson State because they're kicking off the season and wanted to tell you about their legacy of their quarterbacks since 19... 19- 
56, between 1956 and 57 when uh, Ernie Hurt Williams was doing his thing, but also the fact that uh, he was probably one of the most uh, renowned quarterbacks at that time to get things done. He His career record was 18-6-3. and three. Uh, Shadur Sanders finished his career with a 21-3 and three record. Uh, Roy Curry, because he did not start many games, he had a 10-1 and one record. And then Robert, I'm sorry, yeah, Robert Kent, you know, had an outstanding record of, well, his was right at about 500 at 23 and 22. But most of these other guys had some outstanding career records. And uh, we just wanted to pay honor to them as they get ready to start the 2023 collegiate football season. Well, that's going to about do it for me today here on the Forgotten Quarterbacks. As always, we would like to thank the Anthony Lawrence Collection for being the official supplier of Quarter 5 Backs gear. If you want to get the best in HBCU gear and apparel, go online to the AnthonyLawrenceCollection.com. They're opening up their first ever store in Baton Rouge uh, very, very soon. And if you're looking for the right gear, look for them, the Anthony Lawrence Collection. As we close, I would like to thank my producer, director, and IT guy, Mr. Datarian Sturgill, for all his kind and warm opportunities to bring these shows to you. He does a great job in making sure everything is in order, so we'd like to thank him. And we hope that uh, he's, he's getting ready to be a new daddy soon. So I'm going to let y'all know that. He's, he's getting ready to be a new daddy. So, boy, is he getting ready to be in some very esteemed company because – and and on, on top of that, you know, and, I, and I'll tell you, I don't mind saying it, that most fathers, they want a healthy child, but we're kind of biased because, hey, we, wanna, we want that little boy, but that's what he's going to have. He's going to have a, a, a son. So I'm, I'm congratulations to him and his wife, Latrice, for getting ready to bring some new life into the world. But until the next time here at the Forgotten Quarterbacks, we'd like to say thank you for joining in. Always go to our website, thequarterfiveback.com, and see what we're doing there. Check out our blog. Check out buying a, a book, the book, The Forgotten QBs, on that site. And uh, anything else you might find that is of interest from the Forgotten Quarterbacks and quarterfiveback.com. Until next time. As we say here at the Forgotten Quarterbacks, go for the bomb. Take care, everybody. Thank you for joining us here on the Forgotten Quarterbacks with host W. Earl Kitching. Join us as we discuss more about the legacies of black quarterbacks who've played the game of American football. 